welcome to Count Creepy Head Saturday Morning Monster Mash. Blah! <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash, episode 83. Hey, Mike. What's up? I'm going to be shitting later. <laughs> hey, yes. Man. Surprise, surprise. I have a functioning digestive system. <laughs> yeah. Blah. I hid the time of my life. It was on my toilet. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> man. Uh, high fiber cereal is my arch nemesis. I tell you, it's so delicious. <laughs> like anything with granola, any like oh, yeah. honey nuts of oats, uh, blast your O ring out. And <laughs> I don't just pour a serving. I don't get like three quarters of a cup and put it into a bowl and then measure out my almond milk. I just either eat fistfuls, you know, like in the middle of the night twice sometimes. Then later on, I'm like, why is my stomach violently painful? It's because I have three pounds of fiber in me that needs out immediately. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Count Creepyhead's Saturday Morning Monster Mash. This is Mike with his digestive bowel movement segment. How's everybody doing? Eh, not too shabby. A little, little tired, but, uh, you know, what else is new? Yep, me too. I've been, I've been... Uh, staying up too late for reasons involving PlayStation. For our reasons. <laughs> Zing. we'll get to that a little later in the show where we have a non-sporly discussion about resident evil because to be fair to mike he hasn't played it yet so we'll talk about everything in the vaguest terms possible that's, um, that's true and and some of the stuff that we can talk about is uh non-spoilery because it's uh more mechanics based there's a lot to talk about mechanics yeah. based uh so we'll get to it um mike you get a day off finally how did it feel um well it went by way too damn quick because uh after doing 12 in a row like the uh two days that i was off i just i kind of zoned out and did absolutely nothing um which is actually why uh the episode of boogeyman's closet will be one day late this week because i didn't start editing until yesterday um because i just yeah it was a, it was a rough fucking week <laughs> so but uh, I will be off uh, on my vacation starting tomorrow, and I cannot wait. How long is your vacation? Uh, Ten days. Dude, nice. Yeah, so I'm going to play a lot of video games, and uh, my, my wife and son leave for Florida with uh, my father-in-law on Saturday. So I'm going to do some work around the house. I want to do some painting um, and just kind of general cleanup, like getting rid of stuff that needs to get, get gone. Yeah, so, it's best time to do it is when you're you're home alone. Exactly. You don't have yeah. to wear pants. <laughs> well, my main thing is like because I work nights, usually when I'm off, I can't really be doing anything around the house after everyone goes to bed. And that's when I'm the most awake. 
So I can't really tackle any kind of home projects unless I tackle them right when I first wake up. And that's hard to do. So now I'm like, hey, no one's going to be here three in the morning. It's me and the cats blasting music and painting the rooms. (laughs) So it'll be fun. Cool. Uh, Josh, anything new and exciting you want to tell us about your barbecue? Okay. I mean, I could I could go on and on about this shit. But uh, so, yeah, no, we finally we finally decided to make the trek to Franklin barbecue, which is world famous uh, barbecue spot that we just heard about. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, Aaron Franklin came onto the barbecue scene in, uh, I think 2009 and just like fucking rocked it. He's uh, like Franklin barbecue is consistently rated like, in the top five barbecues of Texas and it's always number one. And, uh, it's considered some of the best barbecue in the country. Uh, can't speak for the world, but like he's won multiple awards. There's yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, and to give you an idea of the consistency of it, like every, every day they're open, which is six days a week. They're open from 11 a.m. until they sell out, which is around two or three. And the line starts forming outside around 5 a.m. Every day. And they sell out every day. Like, it's it's kind of unprecedented to think about something like that. So... We we got some breakfast yesterday morning, and then we decided, what the hell, let's finally, let's see how the line is and make a decision. All we really wanted was, like, some some brisket and some sausage. Mm-hmm. We weren't going for any anything crazy like, you know, ribs or pulled pork or any of that. Uh, and we waited in line a good three hours. How long is this line? Is it, like, a mile long, or is it, like, ten people deep? No, it... it uh, I mean, it's definitely when we got there, there were probably a good like. If I had to estimate, it was probably like 30 to 40 people ahead of us. OK. Um, but, you know, the people kept coming after us, too. And around 1230 or so, you know, it was coming down the line, letting people know she was like, just so you know, only thing left is brisket and the two different types of sausage. Can't so it's, guarantee... it's not sit down. You just walk up to a window and you say, this is what I want. You take it and you go. There uh, there are, I mean, it is a, a traditional restaurant. They're, they do have tables. It started as a trailer. Okay. And then, you know, before long, they built an actual building. Uh, so, you know, you can sit down if you choose and if there's room. But you, we had no intention of sitting down. Uh, in any case, you know, by the time we got up there, the only thing left was brisket and the standard sausage. They were out of the jalapeno cheddar. Okay. And this is hits like I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I'd heard people rave about it. I've seen people rave about it online. Uh, you know, when we when we got up there and we placed our order, uh, as they do with most people, they give you like a quick hand cut sample, like while they're cutting your meat. Be like, here for waiting in line, have some meat. 
And holy fuck. I I could do nothing but close my eyes, tilt my head back, and utter, oh my fucking god. <laughs> and I turn over to Ruth and she's just like, is this for real? It there's no way to describe a perfect brisket other than Franklin's brisket. Nice. It's like it it is hands down just out of this world. And you didn't have barbecue sauce on it. That's what I was like. When I we, think of barbecue, I think of like this is an amazing smoked meat. But then you also we, have your choice of like garlic barbecue sauce, maple, honey, whatever. You know what I mean? They had a they they did have different sauces available. We got we brought home their standard barbecue sauce and they're spicy. Yeah. And they're very good, but you don't need them for the brisket. Yeah, I was going to say if you if you get really good brisket, you don't need sauce. Um, no, I know. Especially if, if and there's a lot of places that'll just do a dry rub. Like there's a lot of barbecue that's just dry rub. And uh I mean, I've had some amazing dry rub ribs before that you didn't need any freaking sauce for whatsoever. You know, confession, I'm not a big rib guy. I'm it, like, it's not something I often choose, but uh, you know, if I'm in the mood for it, I, I'll, I'll definitely go for them. Uh, Josh, did you get any of those like accidental hard kernels of corn mixed into your, uh, your meat? Mike, do you know where I'm going with this horrible joke? <laughs> I, I think I do. <laughs> I, I don't know where you're going with it, but I know Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Szechuan peppercorns. That uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that brisket was made out of people. Mm. <laughs> um, I always joke about cannibalism, but I bet you in the right, like the, the hands of the right barbecue chef, you'd eat the hell out of it. Well, wasn't there? I feel like there was a serial killer who did that. Who was like barbecue? Yeah, I, I think there was several. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I don't want to. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and and just end the side tangent with like, if you if you want to understand a little bit about the insanity that is Franklin's Barbecue, uh, there is uh, a show on Netflix called The Chef Show. It's with John Favreau. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, actually, it is it is a really fun, interesting show. But there is an episode in the first season specifically focused on Aaron Franklin and Franklin's Barbecue, uh, and he like. And he and John go through and like they hand trim the brisket and they smoke it for like 16 hours. And they they go through the whole process so you can really see the the amount of care and love that's put into each thing that this place makes. Mike, have you ever had a food like that where you're just like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever had? Um, I mean, I've had some really good food before, but yeah, I, I can't think of anything like <laughs> Where all I could do is close my eyes and be in shock. I I, I I hope to one day try that brisket that Josh is talking about. I, mean, I, I am going to get up to Texas one of these days. I really, like, I, I wasn't prepared. Because I've had some good fucking barbecue. Mm-hmm. And I've made barbecue that I'm fucking proud of. And then next to this, it's just like, uh, I, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> Now, do they have like a secret recipe? Nope. He's he's very upfront with it. It's uh, 
the rub for the Franklin brisket is 50% kosher, kosher salt, 50% round black pepper. Jesus. He's just really good at what he does. It's how he smokes it, how long he smokes it, the temperature, the way he wraps it for the final few hours. Uh, yeah. I I can't explain it because I think the man has made a pact with the devil to create these these briskets. <laughs> but Josh, how do you smoke it? I apparently wrong. <laughs> I will. Mm. Oh, yeah. No, I just I really I I was ready to go in and be like, man, yeah, this is some really good brisket. I don't know if it's like wait in line for three hours, good brisket, but this is good brisket. And then to take a bite and instantly be like, yeah, no, fuck, I'd wait in that line again. Let's go again. So <laughs> what do you try next? Uh, next, honestly, the next time we go, we're going to try and get there really ass early because um, most days of the week, uh, it's still like Aaron Franklin opening the place up. Yeah. So we want to be able to like go and talk to him and figure out what else we can get? So probably probably some ribs and pulled pork. Sweet. Josh? Jealous. Yeah. Oh, like, like, <laughs> there's no food like that up here. We're not known for... I mean, like... I've never had a chicken wing up in Buffalo where I was like, Oh my God! This ah, come on! This is the best on. thing ever. Rochester has the garbage plate. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's just... Like, it's so sad. That's what we're known for. <laughs> Hot sauce and mashing food together. <laughs> like, well, if there was really, ever anything really to be proud of up here, that's it. And putting Max salad on everything, which is disgusting. <laughs> um, oh, God. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, bu- 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 I am out. I am not going to be collecting the Netflix He-Man stuff. I think I'm going to get rid of it. it I still I was, want a couple of them. It's bugging me that, like, that's it. And it's going to be probably pretty hard to get those last guys. And I'm like, I don't. It, The show's over. I loved it. But it's an incomplete collection. And mm-hmm. it's going to bug me. Um, so I think I'm going to see if He-Man Rick wants them and just make space for origin stuff. Which, you know, they made Masterverse He-Man and Skeletor. I'm happy with those, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think those, you know, are the standout designs of the show. So I'll take it. And it's not like Trapjaw had a changeable hand. You know, they were, they were limited. Uh, anyway, I'm going to be out of that. Uh, Matt LeMay had a sprinkle, which I guess is like, if it's not a baby shower, it's a sprinkle. Yeah, I just learned about that myself. I was I'm like, totally I... out of the loop of this shit. Like, <laughs> I had no idea either. You know how women will be like, oh, yeah, this is this and that. Like, didn't you know that this is like on your seventh anniversary, you have to give a gift of mahogany? Like, that's the kind of shit that I'm oblivious to that I get yelled at for. So I guess when you, you're past a certain number, like past the first kid, it's sprinkles. I don't I don't know when that became yeah. a thing. But um, so, Matt, as we promised, Count Creepy will be sending a gift because we felt horrible naming your kid WNBA LeMay. <laughs> and like, what was it, like Space Hitler? I can't remember. But uh thunder danger face it's been a while my brain's a little fried thunder danger face <laughs> i mean all i all i know for sure is like there was with this terminology it just sounds like 
people are getting together and pissing on the kid. Yeah, <laughs> right. It, it sounds weird. really weird. Like we're going to sell piss for charity for our child. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm going to send like a case of diapers or some shit. Sprinkle. Yay. Um, Cause it, it would be weird sending you GI Joe's for your baby. As much as we would love to do that. Your wife would probably hate us even more. Um, yeah. I'd also like to draw everybody's attention. I'm going to do a special shout out this week to Jerry's Closet, and I'm going to read the copy that they sent over. Um, they hooked me up with some Garbage Pail Kids that I really, really needed at a very fair, affordable price. So, per Sam Grenquist, Jerry's Closet, uh, Budgie Bottoms. You think I'd be ready for this? <laughs> Western New York Horror Crew presents Jerry's Closet, a thrift store for all your nerdy needs, located in the East Aurora Flea Market. Open Saturdays and Sundays, 9 to 4 p.m. I'm going to be heading out there this Saturday, and I'm going to be buying some shit. So if you want shit, get there before me, because I can't guarantee the shit you want is going to be there after I leave. <laughs> I'm making you a promise, because her prices are ridiculous, and I have a problem. Uh, I went to a toy show yesterday. And Ooh. got some, there was some shit like uh, new vendors that haven't been there before and uh, shit that I would love to have, but I couldn't afford because I don't bring like a rolled up drug dealer size wad of cash with me. Mm -hmm. um, but there was mint on card, vintage LGN Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Oh, um, Melf. Uh, the, the dwarf. Whose name slips my mind? Uh, Alcorn. Uh, Elkhorn, uh, Warduke. There's two Wardukes and the Wizard, and everything was like not priced. So basically, you look the vendor in the eyes, and he'll see what he can get out of you. And I just <laughs> put him, like, I just put him down. I was like, "There's just no fucking way this guy's gonna be like five dollars." Like, he knew what he had. Um, <laughs> he looks into your soul and sees how much money he can take. Well, like, you've been to comic book conventions where nothing <laughs> is priced, and, like, they look at you, and it's like, is this guy a sucker? So, oh, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm selling, Optim I have an Optimus Prime, a vintage Optimus Prime. Like, hey, how much is this transforming truck? And they're like, oh, eBay says it's $500? <laughs> and you just keep negotiating down. I just didn't even want to bother with it. Uh, it's I, one of those things, like, I would only grab it if the guy was like, I don't know, five bucks? you know see I, i've had those uh those encounters at conventions where i'll ask how much something is and they'll throw out some ridiculous price and i've laughed like i, I remember uh buffalo comic-con they had the total chaos uh pretty much most of the total chaos mcfarland line but they specifically had quartz which was a figure i never had and always wanted yeah and it was you know it was it was opened it didn't have his accessories it was just in a bin and I was like, hey, how much are these? She's like, oh, uh, for that one, it's $60. And I went, no. And I just put it back. And he was like, well, what? Name a price. Name a price. I'm like, nowhere near that. Bye. Like, what did Quartz not... have? Didn't he have, like, a changeable hand? Yeah. Yeah. See, and now, was... here's, here's a shocking thing that happened at Assembly Required. There, was, uh, there were a few sponsor booths uh, set up there, and one of them was a place called Morgan's Comics. Okay. Uh, and they had... They had some pretty good deals at their table, um, but they had a bin of like dollar figures. 
And uh, Toy Box, Keith Schubert, went through the bin of dollar figures. And obviously he couldn't get it for a dollar because he's friends with the people that own Morgan's Comics. But uh, within the dollar bin of figures, he found a blue snaggletooth. Oh, damn. So someone ended up putting a blue snaggletooth in a dollar bin of figures. Wow. And genuinely did not know. I mean, that's the thing. You can find those crazy, crazy figures in those random bins. But yeah, that that shit's rare. That's but awesome. Yeah, Apparent, apparently, like, he held it up and looked at the person behind the booth and was like, is this for real? Is this a joke? <laughs> and they were just like, no, what? Do you want it? And he was like, y- yes, but no. But no. You can't you can't sell this for a dollar. Do you know what you have here? <laughs> I oh. bought a... Jeez. Uh, at an antique mall, I bought a bin of Star Wars figures that had a blue snaggletooth, and I wished I saved it. Uh, I sold it for like two hundred bucks, so like mm. I don't have that many regrets. But I think I probably spent that money on dumb shit. Uh, and it's like if you want a vintage Star Wars collection, blue snaggletooth has to be a part of that. And if you want blue snaggletooth now, and you don't find it in a dollar bin, which probably happens once in your life if you're lucky, good luck. You're going to be blowing eight hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Kind of sucks. And also, as I like to say with uh, toy show etiquette, wear fucking deodorant. Oh, God. Uh, it's bad Same. enough that you dress like a goddamn child molesting, serial killing, baby eating murder clown. Put on deodorant. And that the goes love for, of God. for any convention, please. They're I like, like, I have a comic convention coming up in, in a couple of months, and it's been since 2019 since I've tabled at one. I'm, I'm, I'm dreading the smells. It's June, right? Yeah, the end, yeah, end of June like, going into July. But, like, I, I bring my daughter to these toy shows. It's for her. She's going to spend, I gave her a budget. She buys Pokemon plushies and LOL dolls and stuff. It's bad enough that, like, I'm pretty certain there's a double-digit percentage of, percentage of dangerous, shouldn't-be-around-children kind of men at these things. Mm-hmm. But then they have to wear, like, mildewy sweaters. And it's like... <laughs> oh, God. They don't brush their but, teeth. But here's the real question. Do you do you give Zoe enough money so she can actually get catch them all? Is she serious? You're not serious, <laughs> she's serious she's about it. Uh, she's excited. I'll just wear deodorant. I hate it when fucking nerds don't do that. It makes me crazy. Uh, she bought a Squirtle plushie. So, like, she knows Pokemon. She's never played Pokemon. And she's like, oh, this is cute. She bought it. And there's a zipper on his butt. She had zipped Squirtle and turned him inside out because there was like a gimmick. And he was a character called Ditto. Which is oh, like this okay, yeah. purple fart cloud. And that's her favorite Pokemon. Because she watched a video about him. And that's the one she knows. Mm-hmm. So she's like been on Cloud9 for the last two days. Because she got accidentally found Ditto. With this reversible Squirtle Ditto thing. Um, so she's happy. I was crawling out of my skin because there's all these creeps that just smell like I'm going to trap you in my basement. What, what one other bit of etiquette for uh, convention goers, especially if you're a cosplayer, uh, a modesty patch is a thing. And if you're wearing skin tight uh, cosplay, please, please look into a modesty patch. 
I, I yes. don't need to know your religion when you come up to my table. Nobody wants to see your dickhead. And or the little man in the boat. Sorry, I'm well, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need. We to don't see need that. to know how big your giant eraser nipples are. <laughs> cover them up. And jokes aside, be aware like of your surroundings because people want to get around you and move at a normal pace. Mm-hmm. And also be aware of children. Yeah. So if you're at a convention, kids come first, no matter what. I don't mm-hmm. care how important whatever dumb shit you're into is. Get out of the way and let the kids do what they got to do. Yeah. Don't be a dick. And if I have to hold you down and spray you with Axe body spray, I will. <laughs> oh, God, no, please not Axe body spray. <laughs> That'll just, like, meld with the other smells. I will take you to a car wash and force you in there at gunpoint. <laughs> and make you clean oh. yourself. I'll never forget when uh, Tara first started tabling with me at cons. And I basically gave her a whole rundown like a couple nights before the the first first convention we did. I was like, all right, so here's some things to expect. <laughs> and kind of warned her about the the smells and the awkwardness and all that. And, and, I, and I told her there will be a lot of men who will just continually talk to you. Like, just be ready for that. And if, if you need me to help you out, like, just, you know, kind of like tap me on the shoulder, tap your fingers on the desk, something. I'll be like, oh, hey, by the way, we need to do. Like, I'll just, I'll get them away yeah. from you. Because, uh, yeah, there are a lot of guys that are like, can I take a picture with you? And she's like, I'm not dressed up as anything. Like, oh, oh, I thought you were from this one anime. Never mind. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, does it's does Mike creepy. go with her? Uh, he does sometimes, yeah. When when we first started uh, tabling, she was single. So he wasn't, he wasn't there. But the last few that we did, um, yeah, he's gone. Like, I feel if I was a creep, I kind of walk that line most of the time <laughs> and i wanted to like glom on to tara because she's a girl at a convention mm-hmm. and you're just like pray if i saw mike mccoy you know within like five feet of her bubble glaring at me that would be enough <laughs> for me to get scared and just go away uh yeah i think the problem though is mike usually has the same reaction i do which is you know, kind of uncontrolled giggling at some of these people. All right. So. Yeah. <laughs> Cause if it's one thing I know about dudes at conventions is as much as they're creepy, they're also terrified of everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first sign of aggression, they get the fuck out of there. Um, <laughs> Mike race by Reynolds. Well, uh, we just recorded our next episode where we revisit, uh, Stallone's 86 epic Cobra. Uh, so we, we do a, your favorite actor, Muscle Cheeks. Yes. And I just have to say, and I mentioned this in the episode, there's a scene where they do a police sketch of Muscle Cheeks, and his cheeks are ridiculously prominent, and I couldn't stop <laughs> laughing. I just, I lost my shit. <laughs> I was like, even the sketch artist has the Muscle Cheeks. This is great. He's I feel so bad for that guy. I'm sure he's very nice in person. I think he's one of those actors where it's like, did you know that this guy has a a law degree? Like right. Dolph Lundgren <laughs> has like a rocket science degree or something crazy. Uh, but Muscle Cheek has made made a career on just being really fucking ugly. Yeah, I mean, like, but you know what? He plays a lot of great villains. So yeah. I mean, he did ruin Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Granted, there was a lot of things going. Bad that wasn't his Kombat fault. And there was a lot of it that was his fault. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, I we revisit that and do a very unexpected sequel. Um, so we had a lot of fun 
Uh, I, it was one of the few episodes where when we stopped recording, my face hurt because I was laughing too hard. So uh, like, as I recommended, it's if you just do a search for it, it's on Tubi. I think there is a riff tracks cut at least of Stone Cold, which is a movie from 1990 with Lance Henriksen and Brian Bosworth. <laughs> where Brian Bosworth plays like a very poor imitation of Cobra who has to infiltrate a biker gang. Oh God. And they unintentionally, like they do their version of the opening grocery store scene. <laughs> uh, and it's just, I fucking love it because it's so over my cheese mode. And there's just like sweet mullets and like guitar riffs and saxophone riffs and dumb action and Lance Henriksen as Lance Henriksen loves to do takes it way too seriously everything you want in a bad action movie yeah um it's it's pretty sweet if you're if you're in the mood for action movies which most of our listeners it, it comes and goes like once or twice a year like I could watch a great action film and then the rest of the time you're like zombie ninja orgy seven yeah I'm out now, let's watch it <laughs> zombie ninja orgy seven um, I mean, I would watch that, but yeah. Boogeyman's Closet, you've got Silent Hill. Uh, yeah, Silent Hill will be coming out this week, and then we will be taking a break for a month uh, and coming back in May with a month of all Freddy Krueger. So we will be covering Nightmare on Elm Street 2 through 5. Looking forward to it. Um, and I want to see how they age. Uh, I think 2 and 3 for sure. Yeah. Hold up, but four and five, I am not sure. Um, Josh, what's going on with good old Pikmin's? Uh, check the social media over the next week, and you'll see some updates on release dates and that. Uh, I don't have anything off the top of my head, but uh, stuff's coming soon. Uh, great interview about the creep. Yes, you did. Ah, thank you. Uh, I went looking yesterday for uh, Nick Turtles figures, and I found some, and they were all missing, like, a limb. So Ooh. I found, uh, like, Lord Dreg. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I need this. And then, like, one of his smaller bug arms was broken off, and I was like, ah, shit. Um, Ooh. Yeah. But I'll be getting those after I finish Garbage Bell Kids, which is a slow, slow process. Uh, I would like to direct everybody. We just mentioned Tara, Mike's evil leprechaun friend. <laughs> she has her own company called Coffin Dreams LLC, a clothing company. If you're a, a goth daikini from Willow, right? is it, <laughs> it is yeah. a daikini. Yes. If you're a goth daikini, so it's like you know those cutscenes in Willow where there was like a rave and there. This joke is going nowhere. You like cool clothing? Look Wait, for is, is... Uh, Coffin Dreams LLC. Is that why the Disney show was canceled? They had raves? It, it, it was too... Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, one of the cooler characters they introduce is Warwick Davis's daughter. Mm. Uh, she's in a few episodes, and she's like a badass crossbow-wielding daikini. And she was really cool. And they kind of tease, like, more of her coming, but the show is... It's not canceled. It's on hiatus. Um, so they may come back to it. I have a feeling they might do a comic book or something, but I, I think it's done. Yeah. Um, Brace Reynolds, Josh, Coffin Dreams. So it's come to this, a Simpsons family podcast. If you like deep dives into specific episodes about the Simpsons, look up. So it's come to this, the podcast. Matt, Matt McCoy, Mike McCoy, special effects, 
If you're in Western New York, you need special effects, look him up. I've already mentioned Jerry's Closet, but if you need nerd stuff, she's got it. I got a feeling she's got like a Terminator 2 style cache of nerd things somewhere and she keeps digging it up. Um, but like I said, I'm going there this weekend and I'm going to be buying some McFarlane monsters. I know. Uh, I saw those and was like, ah, I want those. But uh, I was like, that price are coming with me. Uh, I think I have them, the creature set, but it's busted because the plastic you know, yeah. went to shit, so I want it again. Uh, UPW585 is having their 20th anniversary Upstate Pro Wrestling. If you've ever watched them before, they're kind of uh, digging characters out of the woodwork. Might be worth checking out. And last but not least, I always forget to mention a Matt LeMay has an Etsy store. That's L-E-M-A-Y. Matt LeMay. Look him up. He's got lots of cool... His takes on things are very awesome. Uh, if you're a fan of G.I. Joe in particular. By his stuff. He's going to be a dad again. And he would love the money. You guys ready for show and tell? Oh, yes. Yes. I got Frogmonger. Did you get him, Josh? Uh, I got him a while back, actually. Oh. I got him back in February. You're one of those people that got him early? Yep. Son of a bitch. Um, I haven't opened him. He's awesome. I love his gun because it looks like it comes out of Rocky Horror Picture Show. I got a Frankenstein Funko Soda because it was on sale at the toy show. And I got some Super 7 uh, blind bag, funny colored alien figures. Nice. That's all I got this week. Josh, you get anything cool? I, you know, I didn't get much, but uh, what I did get is pretty pretty fun. Uh, I got Frosta from Masterverse. Oh, yeah. How is uh, she? I like her a lot. Uh She's she looks really good. Her hair is fun. Her hair changes color with the heat or the cold. Yeah. So it's either a solid blue or translucent and it works really well. That's cool. Um, yeah. No, as uh, I do not have Katra yet. So other than She-Ra, this is my first Princess of Power. And I, I think she's a great update. Um, um. I have heard through the grapevine, if you check various uh, online discount retailers, Catra pops up a lot. Um, yeah, I've been I've been keeping my eyes peeled even for like a warehouse deal, but I seem to keep missing her. I would look for a place called Kids Warehouse. Might be worth checking it out. Uh, but I also let's see what else I got. Uh, I got uh, Frosta. I got Resident Evil. Yeah, that, that which bulk of my money went to that this week. Which yeah, we'll we'll talk about that later. But then the other night, I uh, I had an absolutely weak moment because I was I had a kind of kind of shitty Saturday night, so I in a in a crappy mood went over to Walmart to look at toys, and I know I know I will regret the price on this, uh, but. Because I know in a few weeks it's going to be fucking clearanced everywhere, but I got the, uh, the, uh, that, 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 that. <laughs> that's what I got. I got Tom Tide. Uh, no, I got the, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons, uh, the, the fucking cube. Why am I blanking the on it? Gelatinous cube. Oh, okay. thank you. My head is hurting. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's why my head is going, you don't know the word for gelatinous. <laughs> I I really almost just called it like the the fucking tesseract. 
I mean, it kind of does look like that. I got the Dungeons and Dragons Tesseract that you can put a toy inside of. Uh, no, I gotta say, uh, it's a lot more sturdy than I expected. Like, mm-hmm. it still has some flex to it. Um, there are things I can nitpick. The main thing I'm gonna nitpick is the price. For like twenty bucks, this would be fucking perfect. Because it's so dumb in the absolute best way. Like, I, I don't know what to say about it other than it's a blue plastic box that you can stick accessories onto the side of. Mm-hmm. But it's fun and it's stupid. And uh, I'm really impressed at how well the little stand that holds the figure up sort of disappears when you're looking at it from the outside. Because uh, it's got this weird almost distortion looking through it. Uh, and because of that, it really it does a great job of helping that, that stand disappear. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send you a picture here. I still want but, it. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for the price to go down. I definitely want to get it. But yeah, for like, if it were like 20 bucks, it'd be perfect. For its retail price of, uh, granted, I, I think I, I paid thirty for it. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody I've seen <laughs> got it. Puts He-Man in it. Yep, but, and it yep. looks great with He-Man. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I really can't say. Uh, I think the biggest nitpick I have about it, other than price, uh, is something that I was talking about with Mike uh, last night, and actually he brought it up before I did. In that, because of the way they do the accessories and they clip to the gelatinous cube, if you take them off, it leaves an indent on the outside. And really, it would make a lot more sense if they clipped to the inside of the cube panels anyway, so it looked like they were floating in the cube. Yep. So, Unfortunately, there is no way to get like a smooth looking cube because no matter what, you've got indents if you take all of the accessory pieces off. But for what it is, it's a lot of dumb fun. Which really, what else can you say about a gelatinous cube toy uh, other than like it's dumb fun? It's really simple, it's really stupid, and I like it. And that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's, that's all my stuff. Uh, Mike, I wonder what you got in the mail today. <laughs> I got more oh, Joy Toy. Boy. Uh, <laughs> I actually got, uh, I, I love these these military figures because they have no names. It's just military figure number six. So it's just a random like skull helmeted soldier. Um, really cool. Goes with the other three I have. Uh, my only complaint is the web gear seemed to be like way too tight on this guy and you couldn't move his leg. So I, I did what I've done with several of the modern era G.I. Joes and just decided to snip the web gear so I could, you know, actually access the articulation. I don't blame um, you. I think the kind of cool thing about Joy Toy is that uh, you can do that and not feel guilty. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same thing with G.I. Joe, though. Like, I, I remember... The uh, movie Storm Shadow, where he had that, I mean, the cool outfit, but he had that skirt that was like that thick rubber, and it completely limited his legs. And I'm like, you have a ninja where he can't really kick. <laughs> like, that's not okay. 
So I just followed the seam with an exacto knife and cut slits into the skirt so you could kind of move his legs around. And it, it held up fine after that. Um, so, yeah, I got him. I got uh, another joy toy last week. Uh, one of the Chaos Marines from Warhammer, uh, Brother Talus, who basically is just like he has like a jump jet on his back and a pretty awesome chainsaw sword and a bolter. Just freaking awesome figure. Um, he was on he was on sale like he had I think it was like 40 percent off. So I just I snagged him on the one day sale. Um, then I got Scrap Hook from the Transformers uh, Legacy Evolution. Oh, and, isn't he fucking fun? Yeah, I, was gonna say, I can't really say anything that Josh didn't already say about him. He's a fucking great figure. Like he's he's a really fun robot. Um, you know, I I I actually do like the ones that you can kind of pop apart. <laughs> like I know yeah, that's kind of transformer blasphemy, but I always have fun with them. I'm gonna that's mute out for beast reasons. Nope. Oh, all right. And then uh, last but not least, I got the Lightyear plasma drill. Uh, because everything Lightyear is being clearanced, and it fits with three and three-fourth inch figures perfectly, and it looks like this big sci-fi piece of construction equipment that I'm going to paint up and weather it, and uh, it'll fit in great with my Warhammer stuff. So, and I mean, it was $10. So for this this big drill, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get that. Lightyear is so clearanced, it's at Dollar Tree. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> like pretty insane there there is one more item that i'm waiting for it was it was late in the line but it's the drop ship whatever they called it um but it's the weird sci-fi drop ship but this one is, is specifically aimed at the five inch figures that they released in the line so the cargo bay opens and you can fit several figures in it and i'm like that needs to that needs to be in my collection again for my warhammer guys like that's perfect cool uh, but it's it's like $40 right now, so I'm not spending that. I would just, it'll pop up at Ollie's, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I'm, I just, I've been Actually, there it. already is stuff at Ollie's, um, so I guess it's just a matter of time. Well, I mean, Amazon was clearancing it out like crazy. I was kind of jealous because the, the little mini ships that I bought, um, like, last year, some of those were, like, $3 and $2 on Amazon. I was like, damn it. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so guys, I'm not going to bury the lead here. Kermit the frog, uh, he's what we could consider a boomer and, uh, he's a great guy. You know, he's brought us all together. He's, he's the feeding the cats. Oh, Josh is feeding the beast. Mike, seen any good movies? <laughs> uh, actually, yes. I finally got a chance to watch uh, scream queen. The Nightmare on Elm Street 2 documentary. Ooh, would you like it? And Oh, I loved it. I mean, yeah. granted, there, a lot of that information was stuff I already knew. Because um, there, there's a lot of crossover between that and Never Sleep Again. Uh, plus several interviews I've read with Mark Patton. So it's like, it's... It, a lot of it was, was stuff I knew about. But man, it's so well made. And for anyone that wants like a deep dive on what it was like being a part of that film. And what it did to Mark Patton's career... Um, it's really, really worth watching. It's a very good documentary. Um, and I ain't gonna lie. I got teared up a couple times. It's like, damn, that's, that, that's freaking choking me up. Um, um, I'm just happy. He's okay. Yeah, no. When I saw that he was sick, like I immediately threw money at that, uh, GoFundMe Cause I'm like, no, 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 no. We can't lose him. Like, I love that dude. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, he, he was so fucking nice when we met him at nickel city. 
Like, I didn't know you un- got to meet him. That's cool. Oh yeah, no, it was. I'm pretty sure he thought I was a young gay man, but that's fine. <laughs> because, like you know, a lot of people think that. So, so, well, yeah, actually, I'm not surprised about that. I've been accused of that many times in my life. Um, you, you look like you're a 15 year old twink. <laughs> well, as as uh, one of my wife's best friends always says, that I I look like I fit into the bear community. So I'm like, I thank yeah, you. you little, little. <laughs> but um. No, I was I couldn't help myself and started gushing about how much I love uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and was talking about just like, you know, all of the uh, tropes, the 80s tropes that that movie turns on its ear in the time when those tropes were very prevalent. And I was like that just that alone is amazing to me. And so I was going on about all the different stuff I love. And he's just smiling from ear to ear gives me a big old hug and gave me like free autographs. Like he signed a couple of of pictures and gave them to me for free. (laughs) It was like, it was, it was awesome. But then me and Maurice uh, got to take photos with him and yeah, he's really nice guy. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Um, I watched one thing I want to talk about and Josh, you won't, you'll know what we're talking about this. So you don't have to be uh, scared away. Mike, have you, I'm sure you've heard of nightmare sisters. Mm Hmm. Do you know the history of Nightmare Sisters? I do not. Nightmare Sisters features the holy trio of Scream Queens that we would know from Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolorama. Michelle Bauer, Frank Stevens, Linnea Quigley. I had a vague idea of this tonight. I just kind of, it's always been in the back of my mind. I didn't look into it until um, a video on YouTube popped up and I was like, holy crap, no way. It was made by David Dakota. On a bet that he couldn't make a movie with the leftover film that he had from Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolorama on a nothing budget. <laughs> so he took any cast members that were willing to work on the weekends. He filmed it at the house he was renting in California. Uh, it features Linnea Brink and Michelle and a genie character voiced by Dookie Flyswatter. Dookie Flyswatter is the voice of Uncle Limpy. Uh, Dookie Flyswatter is the lead singer of a punk band called Haunted Garage. My whole life, I swore up and down that it was this DJ that did it. Maybe Dookie Flyswatter was also a DJ, um, but his name is Michael Sanye. But he's doing this genie shtick. They just have like a head and a crystal ball, like a really cheap effect. And he keeps slipping into the Young Olympia effect. And I'm like, holy shit. And the rest of it, it's just like the exact same plot. Modest the cheap puppet of sorority babes of these three nerdy girls turn into bimbos and then they get covered in whipped cream and they take a 15 minute shower <laughs> and they get evil magical powers and they bite some dicks off. <laughs> Nightmare sisters. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like something I need to watch. So it's got this weird tangential connection to sorority babes, our favorite movie. Uh, <laughs> and this is also the reminder that Josh, you need to make an uncle Limpy. <laughs> <laughs> Let us throw money at you. Uh, I was I just was listening to old episodes. I had time to kill and I was like, I want to see how we've grown as a podcast. And I listened to episode 40 where we're talking about uh, having Wolfman's dick in a jar. <laughs> if you guys have vague memories of that. Yeah. But for like a good five minutes before that, we're just terrorizing Josh to make Uncle Uncle Impy. And we're trying to figure out characters that are on his level. We can't find anybody as obscure and stupid. 
as Uncle Impy is. It's very, very fucking funny. I mean, I, I stand by what I said when we recorded the Sorority Babes episode on Boogeyman's Closet. This is one of those movies that if you did not see when you were younger, it does not hold any appeal. No. Almost everybody that I've introduced it to that has never seen it, we're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you okay with this movie existing? You took my joke. If you want somebody to say what the fuck is wrong with you, show them <laughs> Sorority Babes and Slime Ball Polarama. Or... But if, if you saw it like we did in our formative years, it's comfort food. Uh, or maybe uh, Burial Grounds. Mm-hmm. Good times. Uh, so <laughs> as I was saying before Josh was feeding the cats, Kermit the Frog. He He's a little uh, old-fashioned in some of his views, or... He wants to be inclusive, but he just doesn't understand shit. Um, and, you know, we're, I was kind of combing through our archives of, like, what can we do for a quick joke? This is going to be a quick episode this week. And I found Kermit going on some epic rants. So if you sit back and enjoy this ear popcorn, we are going to jump into the news. We will be right back. Hi, old Kermit the Frog here. Uh, now, now, I, I just wanted to come clear with with something that I've been hearing a lot about lately, because from from what I understand, uh, our or former president, George W. Bush uh, and his his father, George Bush, to to a lesser extent, uh, from what I understand, uh, they have been penetrated by over 100 men each anally. Uh, it's it's by a group called the Anal Brigade from the Skull and Bones group, and uh, from what I understand, they're 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 homosexuals. Uh, they're they're a homosexual hit squad, and they come in and they homosexually masturbate you and penetrate you in the anus, and uh, yeah, it's all sorts of weird stuff. And uh, it's not something that makes old Kermit here go yay! No, 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 not at all. It uh, yeah, it makes me makes me green, but not like easy being green like green with anger because because uh, oh well, uh, those men should know better than to be penetrated by other men look look i have my own kermit the frog kinks okay i occasionally like to have a man shove his hand up my backside and treat me like a puppet i i, I know a lot of other people that like that okay I, I, it's not a big deal that doesn't make me a homosexual, and that doesn't put me on any sort of homosexual hit squad that's going to come in and masturbate you while you're asleep. I don't understand what's wrong with this world. <laughs> as soon as you brought up the skull and bones, I freaking lost it. Oh, God. oh damn. I, I just don't understand the idea of a, a homosexual masturbation squad. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a great title for a horror movie. <laughs> like, at what point, like, we're we're spoofing something? If you look hard enough, you'll find it. It what like nobody's pulled this guy aside and said, "You're fucking crazy. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard." Oh, <laughs> uh, that that's why. Uh, what's what's his name? Jordan Kepler used to work for, or does he still work for the Daily Show? Not sure. Uh, I don't know. He, I love his videos where he just like interviews these random nut jobs and, uh, you know, kind of throws their own logic back in their face and watches them be like, yeah, no, no, yeah, no. <laughs> like, it's fantastic. Like, this is the same vein as Flat Earth people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fucking. Uh, a good one about that the other day. 
Alex, uh, what's his? Oh, Alex fucking, Jones. Alex Jones <laughs> saying the freaking like frogs, frogs gay. Yeah, like, <laughs> at what point do you just have to be like, stop drinking your own Kool-Aid, you fucking idiot, stop. <laughs> and now listen, I, I take issue with that because there there's nothing wrong with a, a homosexual frog. I, I'm not one personally, but there's nothing wrong with a homosexual frog. Uh, and just because, just because a frog likes a hand up their anus doesn't mean they're homosexual. It just means, you know, they like to feel like a puppet. <laughs> oh i i do love the fact that that sound bite exists though that they're putting chemicals in the water which turn the freaking frogs gay I, yeah. I love that that sound bite is a thing because i've seen so many great like dance remixes of that and it's yeah, I have fucking too. gold <laughs> i love it it's so good <sighs> there's crazy jokes. people out there yeah and they're funny uh, I'm going to hop into the news kind Ooh. of a short week or it was a short week. Uh, I'm going to end with the big news. We've got reaction. Godzilla wave three has been announced. You get Minya, who is Godzilla's idiot son from the seventies. Megalon, the bug with drill bit hands. Godzilla 1974, uh, which is like the later era Shawa series, Godzilla stuff where he fights Megalon, Mechagodzilla, um, stuff like that. Godzilla Knight, yeah, and um, Metallic Mechagodzilla. So if you've missed Mechagodzilla, who was very popular, you get another shot at getting him. Uh, Funko has pretty much gutted Mondo, who they bought earlier this year. There's only 10% of the workforce left. Um, they're no longer doing posters and soundtracks. It's just toys. Uh, I don't get it. It looks like Funko is trying to save some money by destroying Mondo, which is a shame. Uh, it really is. Jonathan Majors, who plays Kang the Conqueror, among other things, beat up a lady over the weekend. Uh, no word from Marvel yet. I think they're waiting to see what happens legally and look at the evidence. But I would imagine if he did actually do this, they're going to have some sort of time travel shenanigans and replace the actor. Uh, because apparently, now that he has been busted, a lot of people are coming out of the woodwork saying he's a piece of shit. Uh, oh, great. Yeah. Just what we need. Um, but he, I guess he, he roughed up a lady, which is not good. But, they... but see, now here's, here's where I've got to take pause with that. And I will say point blank, if he did it, that's awful. Uh, have you guys heard the recent news with Justin Roiland? No. Yeah. Go ahead, Josh. He, uh, he's been cleared 100%. He's been cleared 100%. The majority of everything that came out was part of a smear and cancel campaign launched by his ex to cancel him specifically. Oh, oh shit. So. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously if, if John majors did that, it's, it's not good, but uh, from what I'm hearing, the uh, alleged victim has already recanted. Yeah. And there's video of him not doing it. Um, innocent until proven guilty, but Justin Roiland also has tons of evidence of him being a creep around little girls. Oh yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not saying he, Justin Roiland isn't, doesn't have his problems because like, you know, all of the evidence of him still being an asshole in the booth and having to record on his own still exists. Right. Um, but a lot of the shit that came out is, has all been proven to be false now. So. Well, it was, sure. kind of, it was, oh, it was ahead, Mike. 
Let's say it's kind of like the thing. I don't know if you guys remember a couple years back with Jeremy Piven, where it's like, yeah, he's probably a dirtbag, but uh, you know, because there is some, you know, there is some information out there of him just being a general douche. But the uh, sexual allegations that were leveled against him turned out to be false because the same person that was alleging against him also alleged against several other celebrities. And then there was evidence of her doing it to the celebrities and them recording her doing it. So it was like one of those like, ah, one of these days it's going to be a cash cow type of thing. And yeah. It's like, uh, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, we, we, we've gotten too far in our society, not to get all political, but we've gotten too far in our society with forgetting innocent until proven guilty. So. Um, I'm sure it's just a matter of time before somebody gets sued into oblivion by making a fake smear campaign against a celebrity. I mean, I think Amber Heard kind of got that. Right. Um, but somebody's going to slip up and it's going to come back to bite him in the ass. And hopefully this stops. Uh, I hope Jonathan Majors didn't do it. You can be an asshole and still be an act, you know, working actor. That's fine. Don't hit women. Right. Yeah. And don't, don't, don't be a, kids. yeah, I was gonna say, don't take it. Don't, you, you can be a dick without hurting people. <laughs> you know. So, uh, Josh has been attacked by aliens. Mike, you and me are going to keep talking. There is a God of War style last Ronin game coming out. So in the vein of third person, free roaming adventure game with the last Ronin. I am very which, excited for this. Fuck, please, 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 please make this yeah. be real from a good studio. Um, because as much as I love Shredder's Revenge, I would shit my pants for a like Arkham Knight Ninja Turtle oh. kind of game. Fuck yeah. Uh, like, that, oof, that would be amazing. Um, an upcoming product coming out from Hasbro that didn't get launched with the initial batch of product are slime cubes, which are blind bag style. It's a hard, clear plastic cube with clear slime inside of it. And it comes with weapons inside of it for your Dungeons and Dragons figures. Oh, I saw them on Twitter and I can't find it again, but it looks really cool. You get like a shield and a sword or an ax and a bow and arrow in some slime. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Like that's what the slime cube should have been. Uh, Ramen Toys, uh, last week we teased that they're going to do Rat King Heads. This week they've teased they're doing Battle Bones. And they showed some 3D renders. Um, Rat King Head may not come out now because Super 7 came out and said, you know what, that video game style Rat King that we decided to put out instead of regular Rat King, not acceptable. We've gone back to the licensor, which is Playmates, and we're going to work this out. So we're going to sub out. We're going to take out that animated Rat King from the video game. We're going to put Karai in, who's never had a toy. So this is like our take on Karai. And we're going to bring Rat King back in the next wave. Um, the way they explained it, it was on the Fooshcast podcast where Brian Flynn was trying to explain it. Uh, it seems like there is some headbutting with the people who approve the toys at Playmates. NECA um not super seven the best action figure series loyal mm -hmm. subjects and super seven so i guess there's so many people with their hands in the pie now that when they wanted to make rat king neca was making their rat king and playmates pushed back and said like what's your reasoning for this so i don't know if they're going to do another take on rat king or if they're going to they found control art something but they're going to make it better where it looks more like rat king and brian flynn was like you know what People were dead set on their idea of Rat King, so we're going to get as close as we can to it. I have a feeling that they can use that body 
it's the head and some of the details that are missing. Yeah. Um, Even the body is kind of meh, though. It needs like tears and rats and craziness. The the body is very much animated. Like it, it very much looks like the the way he did on the show. Um, but I think he kind of saw the writing on the wall that people are going to get scared that they're not going to be making their favorite characters anymore because they read between the lines that Playmates was like poo pooing everything. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's not the case. It's more like you have to justify. It seems like it's very complicated, not in my pay range. Um. Having said that, like you don't have to sell your Super Seven collection; they're they're still going to be churning them out in the style that you like. At least I hope so. Um, you guys never got the Four Turtles, though, right? You only got Donatello's. No, I, I didn't even get Donatello. I, I don't have any of the turtles. Yeah, I only got villains. Oh, so yeah, worth I, it. I definitely would like a Donatello. I've just never seen one under fifty bucks. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. My comic book store got the glow dark ones, but they were fifty. Yeah. Um Oh, and here's here's a heads up that's interesting. Speaking of Super Seven, apparently a handful of Super Seven Ultimates have been showing up at Best Buy. Yeah. Uh didn't have a chance to look today, but I am very, very interested to see what their price is. Retail. Um, 50? Yep. I don't think I want them for fifty. That's cool. That means that there's a salesman doing his job and got Best Buy to pick him up. Um, they've also sold some weird stuff to Walmarts where they're getting Power Rangers stuff. Not the Ultimates, but their um, their bigger vinyl um, Zords. Shogun Warrior Zords and then the reaction figures with exclusive battle damage colorways, which is cool. But also people don't go to Walmart looking to drop $100 on... Uh, Megazord, Dragonzord, things like that. So it's a little weird. Um, yeah, I see that and hope that like maybe they'll clearance it and then I can get it. Um, what else? What else? What else? NECA Gargoyles is doing uh, Angela, which there's very few characters left that they haven't shown off. NECA showed off a full look of Creature from a Black Lagoon, and it's perfect. I say that I might have to actually buy. I know I've backed off a of NECA, but that is a gorgeous figure. I looked at Dracula yeah. the other day. The Bella Lugosi sculpt is a thing of beauty. Yeah, it really is. Uh, yeah. And like, what kind of person thinks that they like when I think of the Universal Monsters, I think of them in black and white. So I don't know, like, who in their right minds like I like the Universal Monsters in color. Right. What, yeah, I always think of the black and white as well. What kind of weirdo? That's like the monsters in color. It looks weird to me. Uh, but having said that, Creature from the Black Lagoon is something that I think, like you, I will probably get every Creature from the Black Lagoon release. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm hoping to God they do a white glow-in-the-dark Creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Because uh, Jesus H. Christ make my day like make that remco style creature from a black lagoon would be super super cool uh so yeah glow in the dark black and white and i'm glad i saved parts from my diamond select creature from the black lagoon because the deluxe one came with the lady in the bikini that he could hold mm-hmm. uh which i think would be really really sweet uh are you guys ready for another current the frog joke oh indeed oh i He's- think so 
he's not gay. I think we all know somebody that's like this. Like, I'm not racist. I have a friend that's black. <laughs> like, I'm not gay. I took a finger in my butt once. <laughs> you know, like, they're just completely confused by everything. Instead of just, like, either owning up to the fact that maybe you're sheltered and an asshole and just owning it, moving on, you got to defend yourself and say dumb shit like that. Yep. You know? Yep. Like, I'm not a cannibal, but I know people have eaten human meat. <laughs> that cannibalism jokes just never get old. Uh, sit back. Kermit's going to ramble for a little bit, and we will be right back. Hi, old Kermit the Frog here, and uh, I just wanted to follow up on something a little bit that I was I was talking about before. Now, now there, there are a lot of assumptions out there in the world about old Kermit the Frog here, and, uh, oh, let's just say... Uh, the type of pigs he looks at. Uh, there, there are some people that seem to believe Kermit the Frog is a homosexual, and I am here to tell you, I, I, I don't have any problem with the homosexuals. I, I don't have any problem with the way they they jerk each other off or you know have sex up the butt. But I, I, I have plenty of homosexual friends. Like I, I know Scooter, he's he's my friend. I, I, I know Grizzlor, he he's my friend. I would call them friends. They're not acquaintances. There's nothing wrong with them being gay. And just because I've had a hand up my backside on more occasions than I can count doesn't mean that I'm a homosexual. Uh, I, I still like to, you know, bring home the bacon with Piggy, if you know what I'm talking about. I, I, it's not like I know the size of Captain Link's hog throbs, throbbing a hog. I, I don't understand where these rumors come from. It's not like I had a pig dick in my mouth. Uh, it's not like I was gulping it down like it was covered in flies or anything. There are no pictures to prove it. You can't tell me you have pictures to prove it because I made sure there were no cameras in that room. <laughs> oh, I did not expect uh, these kind of rants. Uh, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Through to the wall. I, I'm uh, I'm mentally not here this week because I've been playing too much Resident Evil. Mike, are you le- are you ready for me and Josh to kind of non-spoilerly? Lay- I can't say spoilery. Just talk about in a non. We're not going to ruin the game for you. It's fucking amazing. As long as there are no hints at uh, you know things that I might not know about. So like nope. you know story elements or anything because. Uh, yeah, I've been working like crazy. I bought it. It's it's on my computer. It's installed. It's ready to go. Uh, but I won't even get a chance to fire it up until maybe tomorrow night at best. Um, I'll be playing it on my vacation. But yeah, I won't be playing it anytime real soon. So, well, Let I'll me... I'll start out. Yeah, go ahead, Josh. I'll start out by saying like one of the things that I I absolutely love about it and. It's been a long time since I've played through the original. I did try replaying it, uh, I think, after after either two or three came out, the remake came out, and I had a really hard time with it just because it's, in comparison to the two and three remake, those are tank controls. Yep. Uh, and it was, I had a really hard time with it. So it's it's been a long time. That being said, much like two... It's very familiar while being incredibly different at the same time. And I love it for that. Yep. Um, like, 
it's still unquestionably Resident Evil 4. But it's... You know what it is? This is... And and I, I could be wrong in saying this. I might not be able to speak for both of you, but I think this is closer to the game we remember playing and how good it is. I, I can understand that. I've definitely, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've definitely played some games that I'm, I, my memory of it is wonderful. And then I go back and play the game and it's like, ooh, these controls do not hold up. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the original, because I'm sure if I took the 10 minutes to reacclimate myself with controls, I'd still have a blast with it. And, you know, it is still considered one of the greatest games of all time. Yeah. But, you know, much like the a lot of the Super 7 Ultimates for Ninja Turtles feel like we imagined what we were playing with. Mm-hmm. It's it's very similar in that respect. It's 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 a lot like you know what? It's a lot like the goddamn Super 7 Ultimates. It's it's a perfected version of what we had when we were younger. Nice. Can I say something that's now, been on my mind? I think of it and I just forget it. It just pops in my head for two seconds. Super seven needs to make Resident Evil stuff. Yeah. You know, somebody does. Uh, I would love reaction Resident Evil. Oh, that my God. I'd throw money at it. I mm-hmm. would love that. Um, so the PlayStation versions, I don't know how the computer version is, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, the PlayStation 4 game is optimized for PlayStation 5. So when you fire up the PS4 version... There's shit that doesn't work right because it thinks you're playing on PlayStation 5. Right. Uh, I don't think you're going to have this problem on the computer, but mm-hmm. the PlayStation 5 has speakers in the controller. Oh, so yeah. So anytime Hunnigan talks to you or you have any kind of interaction with non-playable characters, it runs through the speaker on the controller and Leon talks on the screen. So I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on. It's just Leon talking to himself. It's oh, I gotcha. strange. So you have to go back into the controls and you have to turn off the speaker on the controller, which is just part of the regular Resident Evil controls. Mm-hmm. Um, and it fixes everything. So I did that and then replayed it again just so I could hear all the Hanigan dialogue. Um, there's going to be stuff where you're like, oh, I know how to do this. And it's like one thing has been moved, like the flip flop events. I'm not going to say what. It happens okay. all the time where you're like, oh, this is supposed to be over here. Nope. Yep. Well, I it's mean, they here now. They did that same thing in Resident Evil uh, 3 and the remake for Resident Evil 3. Now, I, I want to talk about something that I think is really interesting with it that I'm not sure I realized until I was playing the remake. In that there are a lot of mechanics in it that it feel very familiar uh, because of other games that I've played relatively recently. Mm-hmm. Like the mechanic, a lot of the mechanics between Leon and Ashley feel very similar to The Last of Us Part 1, Joel and Ellie. Like, you know, things where you've got to like boost her up or send her to get a door unlocked and things like that. Right. 
I didn't realize that games like The Last of Us and other games in the past got that from Resident Evil 4. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was... So the, re- so the reason so many of these mechanics feel familiar from other recent games I played is because those recent games I played got them from the original version of Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. And I think that's um, really, really interesting mechanics-wise, you know? Josh, have you... Mike, when you're playing the game, I suggest the first time turning the brightness up just a little more than you're used to. I know you like playing it dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that's in this game is they has like an Unreal Engine style of hit mechanic. So when you're shooting the Ganados, at least that's as far as I've gotten, you're going to see them. Like you shoot them in the face, part of their face is going to blow off. Oh, nice. Shoot them in the arm, you're going to blow off that part of their arm. There's all kinds of just like... Oh, my- Oh my I've had God. so much fun of just random accidents happen to the Ganados. It's hilarious. Have you played? Have you played with the shotgun up close yet? Oh baby, <laughs> um, the first the first time the first time I realized just the like how unique the hit system was because you know I definitely noticed like the head and hands, but to a degree they were there in the original too. But then I really started studying it after um, I completely by accident shot one of the Ganados like at point blank range with the shotgun and <laughs> noticed uh, their arm and head go flying in different directions. It's great. And then I was able to go look at the body and see like the single arm and like the area that I hit with the shotgun blown away and then the arm and the head laying over near it and they'll twitch see that sounds very much like a mechanic used in the dead space remake uh because i don't know if you guys remember playing the original dead space how you would just sever the limbs of the the freaking um necromorphs yep but but in this the way you you do like you're you're shooting them like it's it's direct impact so like if you shoot them in the leg you see like some of the meat come off the leg and then you shoot them again and it's like down to like broken bone and ligaments, and then you shoot them again, and it finally comes off. Um, I mean, obviously, if you have an upgraded gun, it comes off a lot easier. But like you're you're blowing chunks off of them as you shoot them. So it's pretty pretty freaking sick. Uh, anytime a Ganado has fire, have fun. <laughs> oh, that was fun in VR. Um, I've got like you know you... oh I totally I totally forgot you've played it more recently in VR. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I I stopped because I didn't want to do the water boss because it freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> oh, Del Lago. Yeah, I gotta come back to that. But uh but yeah, no, playing it in, in VR was quite interesting. The shooting gallery was a lot of fun in VR. Fucking the shooting so, gallery remains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's um, still you're gonna wanna play it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I wasted a good hour on it. Uh I played um, the shooting gallery on the Wii, and it was awesome because you could point much more fluid yeah. with the Wii yeah. remote. Mm-hmm. This, you still have the problem of the the thumb knobs yep. to get accurate shooting. Um, it's a lot of fun, though. And see, that's I, I know you and I talk about this all the time with uh, keyboard and mouse control versus controller. Yeah. That is why I love keyboard and mouse controls. Because I can get pinpoint accuracy with shooting because yeah. you're using the mouse to like point and it's it's fantastic. Now, for a third person game like Resident Evil, I will be using a controller. 
But Resident Evil 8, playing it uh, the first time through, again, pinpoint accuracy, playing on on the PC. Uh, same thing with Part 7. Playing Part 7 on my PlayStation, I had the same trouble I always do aiming in a first-person game. Yeah. yeah. You're going you're gonna to need it. Um, I won't tell you why, but it's cool. Um, I will. I will say, and this is, uh, you know, I don't necessarily think this is a spoiler, but there are a lot of silly things in the original mm-hmm. that that kind of stick out in my mind as just really, really either like really dumb one-liners, mm-hmm. like like Leon at the as everyone disappears. Where's everyone going? Bingo. <laughs> right. It's there. All of the things you want are there. And all of the things you don't want aren't there. Nice. Pretty much. But like silly little Easter eggs. My my favorite Easter egg of all time in the original Resident Evil 4 was shooting the lake. Oh my god. Yeah. That freaked so me the fuck out. So you better believe you better believe when I got to the lake I just walked up to the side of the lake and started shooting it. <laughs> now, okay. I don't know about you guys, but playing through the original, I came upon that little Easter egg by complete accident because yep. I died twice trying to to get through that boss fight. And I got annoyed because I was like, I, I need to go to bed. And I'm like, oh, this is stupid, stupid monster. And I just like shot at the water, you know, before I turned the game off and it jumped out of the water and ate me. And it scared the fucking hell out of me. (laughs) That was a full body, like, jump and drop the controller moment. That's still in the game. I haven't tried it. It is. Oh, shit. That's awesome. (coughs) Well, I have to go play through it again. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it definitely, it, like, I I am. uh, Okay, this this is definitely not a a spoiler because it's, it's something in common with the original game. But just to give an idea of the point that I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, I just finished the, oh, what the hell is the creature? The vertigo. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I just finished that boss battle, which I remember the original boss battle. Um, very, very vaguely because I hated it so much. I kind of blocked it out of my mind. Um, I, I don't know cause it all felt very, very similar, but at the same time it was just like, man, why did I hate this so much? Nice. Uh, I will say though, I don't think, and I did have to double check this against the design in the original for some reason. I don't think my brain ever fully clicked and went. Hey, they ripped off a xenomorph. Oh yeah. And the first time you fully see it in in the game, in this version, it's totally just like, holy shit, that's like 100% just a xenomorph. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, there. In in the best way possible, this one has caused me to go back and watch videos of the original and be like. Is my memory failing me? Is this really similar? Or am I misremembering? Or <laughs> I had to do that a lot with the Dead Space remake because 
there was so much of it that felt just like how I remembered it, but I was sure there were parts that were different. I'm like, what am I like? What am I not remembering? Right. And then I went back and watched a couple of let's plays of the original. I'm like, Oh, Oh wow. They changed a lot more than I thought, but it's so it's, it's minor changes and more like uh, ease of life changes, <laughs> you know? Um, so it's like, it, it flows seamlessly. So it sounds like they did the same thing with this one. Yeah. It's more like, you think you know everything? No. To keep you on your toes, at least the first playthrough. Uh, and I will, another thing that they've will, added is it's really open world now. Oh. Yeah. I like that. Look around. Any chance you get to stop what you're doing and explore, do it. See, I did yeah. that a lot in Resident Evil 8. Yeah, it pays off. A lot like Resident Evil 8, where there's lots of like, maybe I'll go back and check this out now. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. Well, it was like in part eight, I went back to that one grave, um, just like going back to, to check it out, like before you get to the uh, doll maker's house and there was a fucking giant there. And I'm like, what What the hell? <laughs> like, yeah. so I, I didn't know that was there. Or one of the times that I went uh, into the like the main courtyard rather than going off to my mission. And there was like a bunch more enemies there. And one of the uh, the tombs was open. So it's like, yep. yeah, I, I love finding those little things. Yeah, they're. Four or five times now I found stuff going back and uh, there was new shit. New enemies. And, it's cool. And I, you know what? Okay, this... I, I guess this is technically the, the most minor, minor of just like single line spoilers. Mm. But the merchant... Don't and shoot I could, Well, no, no, it's not that. It's, I don't know if I just don't remember this from the original, but there are points where if you, if you linger in front of the merchant, uh, he'll actually give advice along the lines of like, make sure you do everything you want to stranger, be terrible to move on to the next area and just wonder what if. Yeah. So he kind of gives you a heads up when you're about to pass the point of no return and not go back and further explore an area. Nice. That uh, just happened to me. When I was like, well, I better do everything now. Yep. And I, I took an entire day of just goofing off and doing side quests and so much fun. Uh, do you guys think they should keep making remaking Resident Evil games? Because there's... Outside of the core Resident Evil games, there's like Code Veronica, Resident Evil Zero, that are shorter, that they can go nuts with. I wholeheartedly count uh, Code Veronica as part of the main title series, especially because it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be part three, and Nemesis was supposed to be the spinoff. And it follows up uh, both Claire and and, um, Chris. Chris and Wesker. I remember Wesker yep. plays a huge role in the later games and that's where he comes back is, is code Veronica. Um, yeah. so like, it's kind of a big story point. So yeah, I personally really want a modern RE engine remake of part one zero and code Veronica. Now I know they remade part one, but that's over 20 years ago at this point. Give us a modern remake of part one. Yeah. Um, I took, you took the words out of my mouth. Go. 
Yeah, I mean, I I I've recently played the HD remaster of of part one. Like I want to say two summers ago that I played it, uh, but I got it on a I got it on Steam years ago as a birthday present and never finished it. So I went back and started it over and, and played through again since like, like for the first time since the GameCube release. And I mean, it holds up. It's a fun game, but the tank controls are awful. The fixed cameras uh, are while they're fun, they're very limiting, especially when you're used to more modern stuff. Yep. And I would love to get a remake of that. I am all for video game remakes in the same way i'm all for film remakes because even if it sucks hey we still got the original like i own all three dead spaces on my uh my steam account and now i got the remake so if i want to play the remake i can play that if i want to play the original i can play that um i i just put the last of us part one like the new remake of that on my wish list because it comes out uh tomorrow (laughs) on steam i'll be waiting for a sale for that one but um i'm all for it i i think you know, remake older titles, give us new stuff, uh, or do the way like uh, freaking NetherRealm did with Mortal Kombat 9, where they're like, yeah, we're going to remake the first three games, but it's going to be canon and we're going to give you time travel reasons. And so the story all makes sense. But here's technically a remake of part one, two and three in one game. You know, I'm all for that kind of stuff. I yeah, and I I would love the first game with a lot more added to it, like more to do. Yeah, because uh, well, it's a very linear game that I kind of like. Now I expect reasons to backtrack, uh, you know, things like that. That yeah. I think could definitely be added to the game because I feel like if they put it with a modern engine, uh, it would be a pretty quick playthrough. Well, and that's the thing that you know it's funny. Like we always talk about you know video games from our youth, but. If you look back at older games, most of them, aside from role-playing games, were really quick to beat. Like, most of them you could literally just sit down and play, you know, from start to finish in a couple of hours. And we got used to modern games being, like, you know, a bare minimum of, like, a seven-hour playthrough. You know, like, something that's either going to take you all day or you're going to sit down a couple of times to play it. And it's funny because they still cost the same. You know, like a lot of these games in the 80s and 90s were 50 and 60 bucks, and now they're 50 and 60 bucks as well. But there's so much more implemented, like to the point of like, uh, you know, some games like the Fallout games, for example, will have mini games that were just like redo of old Atari games from the 80s actually in the game where you could just go and play it. You know what I wouldn't mind considering they they are both. In in the scheme of the modern remakes, especially relatively short, I wouldn't mind them just combining zero and one. Yeah, yeah, because it essentially gives Alpha and Bravo team stories. Right. So you get the 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 full story of the Stars teams. And let's be honest, zero like as fun as it was. There's a lot of stuff wrong with Zero. That that inventory system was a pain in the ass. Um, yeah, that would have I, to be over. That would have to be done. I definitely, I would be much more interested in Zero as essentially like a side quest or a DLC part of the first one. Yeah, I mean, because I would. I, oh god, I don't think there's necessarily 
enough meat on those bones to give it full remake on its own. I I enjoyed it, but come on, giant scorpion, just like straight up a giant scorpion and a giant bat and a giant yeah like or the giant slug monster <laughs> like uh, yeah, the slug queen. Yeah, basically, Resident Evil Zero was like, hey, let's take a bunch of animals and make them big, and those will be our bosses. And it's, It was a fun game for what it was, but it would need a complete overhaul. See, now, this is, a, this is one of those examples where you run into problems when remaking a game, because if you look at Resident Evil 3, the, the Nemesis remake, fans of the game were furious with the changes made to the remake. Personally, I was fine with it. Yeah, I didn't like the cut content. I would have loved to still have the clock tower and the graveyard and all that. But a lot of the changes to the game, I was okay with. Um, yeah. But but people lost their shit. Now, Zero is one of those cases where, yeah, I feel like you really do have to overhaul a lot of the actual game to make it interesting again. Um, and you definitely got to change some of those core mechanics because, oof, they did not hold up. Um, no. Not to mention the fact that, like, even if you look at a lot of the story elements in comparison to a lot of the modern remake story elements, they don't mesh up and make sense. Not at all. And I love the fact that it's like, hey, there was the Spencer mansion, and then there was this other mansion. <laughs> like, And Rebecca just goes from like, hey, we rode this train to this weird, freaky mansion. Oh, no, we got to get away. I guess I'll go hide in this other mansion. Like, yep. really? Okay. That, that's, there's some weird shit there. Um, which, which also I feel like takes, a, takes away a little bit from the moment when in code Veronica, when you show up at the mansion, all of a sudden it's like, wait, what the fuck? Right. I don't <laughs> want to be back here. <laughs> yep. And, and instead, like if you're playing them through linearly, when it gets to that point, it's just like another fucking mansion, dude, I don't care. Mm-hmm. it's i i mean i think capcom is 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 playing it smart they're like there's an audience for it we can make a shit ton of money on this so just keep remaking the resident evil games because they're still also doing the sequels and i mean again realistically this series has been going on since what 1995 96 well yeah and that's that's the thing is they've is pretty point blank that nine is the end of giant story resident evil games right and and past nine it's just going to be standalone stuff so that being said i am absolutely okay with them remaking the other games so they all fit together as a saga and that's it that's it in a nutshell like because most of the people that are playing game like okay a lot of the YouTubers you see streaming Resident Evil 7 and 8 weren't even alive when part 1, 2, and 3 came out. So remaking them now for the modern audience that is playing these newer games makes total sense to be like, hey, you liked part 7 and 8? Hey, go back and play the earlier games. Here's the story for it. So I'm really hoping for that, that Code Veronica and Resident Evil 1 remake. And let's be honest, 5 and 6? I'd I'd play those too. Like give give me a remake of those where it's better. I don't think they need to redo good. five. Eh, still got See, tank controls. 
Yeah, I was going to say, no, like, if they... it's got the same controls as uh, Resident Evil 4. It's third person. Right. But those are Resident Evil 4 tank controls. Like, go back and play the original Resident Evil 4. You still you have to stop and shoot. You can't run. OK, and go. you can't run and shoot. All right. Yeah. Fine. And you still have to, like, turn around, like, the do the slow turn. It's not like you can't really stray for dodge. You're still doing the, like, stop, turn, run the other direction. Stop, turn, run the other direction. I'd like, be fine it's, if it's they never mentioned control. six ever again. <laughs> See, six is the one that I feel like needs the most drastic overhaul and remake. Same. Or make those three separate games. Mm. Yeah. They absolutely could. Uh, Josh, Make, you know if the so the original uh, Resident Evil Four had after you beat the game, you could pay play the Ada game. Is that in this, or is yes. it going to be DLC? Um. Oh, you know specifically Ada. I'm not sure. Um, I think so, but don't quote me on it. Because I know there's both. Because I know beating it, you unlock professional and mercenaries mode. Yeah. But I don't know if you need to unlock anything to get the Ada Mercenary mode. Because I know Mercenaries isn't available to download yet. That comes out this Friday, I think. There's an announcement on the Capcom Twitter. But most people just haven't beaten the game yet. Or people are just now starting to beat it. Because um, that's another thing that I love is an Ada game. That's yep. uh, more, you know, Cloak and Dagger because uh, I always I always liked playing the Ada mission because you didn't have to shoot your way out of everything. It was more, hey, can I sneak around, use stealth? It was more about skill instead of just shooting your way out of every problem, which is what four and five kind of became. Um, it's a just yeah, a fucking amazing. Game. See, I feel like both four and eight have really kind of the perfect blend of horror and action. Because they've got enough horror and weird, creepy stuff in there that it's it, it truly can be considered horror to a degree. Uh, and it's got enough weird action movie tropes and one-liners and goofiness that, yeah, they just they work really well. Uh, but five and six were just way too much straight action games for my taste. Yeah. With... And there was there was so much emphasis on just like gun down this and like huge amount of villains. Yeah, see, I, five I for had, sure. I had fun with five, but it's not memorable, and that's the that's the problem. Like, it was fun at the time, but it was like I, once I was done with it, I'm like, okay, that's it. Like, you know I what? Didn't, I, I didn't care anymore. You know what I remember from five? Honestly, the the two most memorable things from five for me. Boulder punching the boulder punching because obviously, <laughs> uh, and the fact that that, that first section with Chris and Sheva, mm-hmm. uh, just being like overwhelmed by the villagers just pissed me off to no end. Yeah. That first section was rough. Um, that, actually there was a few sections like that, that really pissed me off. I really did enjoy the boat section where you could kind of explore uh, and, and go around to like the different little, like um, the, the different little like water, the buildings that were kind of like on the stilts on the water. Yep. I, I, mm-hmm. I liked that part. 
And I liked going through like the underground temple. Thought that was really cool. But overall, it just it was not as enjoyable as the other games. And part six, I literally gave up. Like I, I started playing it and I was like, I just don't fucking care. After the first like 20 minutes, that was basically like if Michael Bay made a video game and he only ever played Dragon's Lair because it was just quick time events and explosions for like 10 straight minutes. It was like, ah, fuck this. I don't care. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it took me a while to get back into Resident Evil games again. <laughs> yeah. Six. Six definitely killed my hype for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know I finished it at some point. I couldn't even tell you how it ends offhand. Yeah, see, I never finished it. I didn't um, either. I gave up just like Mike. I played the, um, were they the Revelations? Resident Evil Revelations? Those were the, good. Those I really liked. And um, surprisingly, the one that got shit on by everybody, Operation Raccoon City, I had a blast playing that game. I don't know. That if you was guys a lot of fun. That. Was it yeah. the multiplayer one or is that the uh, rail shooter? That was the, the you could you could play it multiplayer, but it was like it was the squad based um, one where you were playing as umbrella agents. It was basically like Gears of War, where it was like lots of like fighting monsters and using a lot of like you basically got into gunplay where you would use cover constantly, so you would drop behind like you know, drop behind walls or desks and kind of shoot over top of them. Very Gears of War heavy. But um, it's, it kind of rewrites Resident Evil history. It's like, it's like a what if. So like, you know, you're, because you're Umbrella, you're trying to kill Leon. <laughs> it takes place during part two. And um, I don't know. It's a fun, it's a fun game. It's, it's very action forward, but it's, it's fun. What's the one where it's like just four random people in Raccoon City? Survivor. Or not Survivor. Um Oh my god. Uh you talk you're talking about the PS2 era. Yeah. Oh my god. Why can't cause Survivor was the first person shooter that was awful. Oh god, what the hell was it called? There's probably people listening that are freaking out right now. Um I remember I the second one was it was case file two for the one, but was it good? Um, I only played a little bit of it. Let me see. Okay, okay, pulling it up, pulling it up. I'm trying to find it. Outbreak, Resident Evil Outbreak. Yes. Um, yeah. Now, I never got to play it online because at the time that I got the PS2, I did not have the PS2 uh, modem or hard drive. And, um... That was a big problem, because if you guys remember PS2, you had the little memory cards. You don't got a hard drive. And the loading time for this game was painful. Like going from room to room was like a two minute loading time because the areas were so big. Um, So if you didn't have the hard drive, it was a nightmare to play, which is unfortunate because that's that's how I was playing it. So you could play it solo, but it was very difficult to play solo because the AI was fucking dumb um so i got killed a lot and had to keep starting over and and trying different things and it just i unfortunately lost all interest in it but from everything i've seen i've watched let's plays i've read a lot about it if you played it the way it was meant to be played with multiple people 
and you know you had the equipment for it it was a really fun survival horror experience um i would love it if they remade it today especially with the ease of multiplayer i think it would be a fantastic game but uh we'll see if it happens so that's our just gush of resident evil um guess what it's time for our new segment super fan shout out Last week, we had Matt LeMay and his giant saucer-shaped nipples and his love of kangaroos. <laughs> this week, it's Susie Hunt. Or is, hey. it, is it Susie Kanya? Like, she changed her name on Facebook? No, uh, Susie Hunt. Yeah, it's Susie, her married name. Susie Hunt Kanya? Mm-hmm. Susie, Susie Kanya Hunt? I don't know. <laughs> uh, my personal favorite, pierogi chef in Niagara Falls. I don't know about you guys. Oh, indeed. Um. And uh, have you guys ever seen her stint on, what's that, damn it, that show with Ed McMahon from the 80s? Star Search, when she won Star Search <laughs> as a kid. I I got totally blanked for a minute, like you were like, what's that show with Ed McMahon? And I'm like, hi-oh, and I couldn't think of anything else. Uh, I totally remember when she beat a young Justin Timberlake in the finals with her rendition of I Think I'm Alone Now from debbie gibson uh that's i never knew that like it was that Susie hunt because i was such Ah. a big fan of star search and it made so many careers uh now she is the voice of garmin gps who knew you know she makes a living doing that kind of stuff (laughs) anytime you have touched like voice controls it's probably Susie. yeah Susie hunt you got any memories guys Uh, most of mine involved Denny's and weird shenanigans there. Yeah. Did you guys know that well, the uh, Ghostbusters fruit pie was invented by Susie? Oh, I like, did not. Well, see, it, I definitely yeah. I remember an instance in uh, in Niagara Falls where there was a kitten uh, trapped in in like a bicycle basket that was about to go over the falls. And from what I understand, uh Susie not only built a dam to stop the water flow, but then like personally went and picked up the kitten and reunited it with its mama. Yeah, she'll do that kind of stuff. I've never seen yeah. uh life to life resuscitation on a kitten until I met Susie. And I don't know you can make little tiny breaths like that. And she did. This is just a rumor, but rumor has it that Susie killed Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Susie. She's I've heard him. stories that Hitler survived after the war, well into the eighties. He was trying to cross over into Canada, ran into Susie. Not saying she killed him, but that's the last time he's ever seen alive. You know. And she does have that belt buckle with a little mustache on it. Coincidence? I don't know. Just saying. Now just just to backtrack for just a split second here uh, to follow up on something that uh, talking about potential future Resident Evil remakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, now, you guys, do you guys remember not terribly long, maybe like a year before the Resident Evil 2 remake came out? Uh, Capcom stepped in and canceled the fan remake. Yeah, yes. Here's some interesting news. Apparently about two months ago, Capcom stepped in and canceled the fan remakes of Resident Evil 1 and Code Veronica. 
Yep. Interesting. So maybe. Maybe. Um what did those games become? There's the one that's like an obvious Resident Evil ripoff. Mm-hmm. It's not Resident Evil. Um, there's there's a few of those. That I heard are fun. Yeah, there there was one. I wish I could remember the name of it. I, I almost bought it a couple of times. It was like something 1998. And it was supposed to like. Yeah, take, like Revengeance or something. Yeah, it was a weird word. And and. I almost bought it a few times, but every review I saw for it was like it gets it's basically tedious uh, and difficult for just, you know, being difficult sake. So it's like oh. you find yourself doing the same thing over and over and over again until you get it right. Um, and it's like, eh, I don't really want to torture myself with that. Like too all too often, the people who obsess over those types of games end up remaking them much more difficult like look at all the platformers they were like hey i played a lot of super mario brothers as a kid here play this thing that's like 10 times harder than super meat boy <laughs> it's like yeah uh, i still want to play super meat boy uh, um, it's it's fun but man is it hard but fucking hollow knight fuck you <laughs> you don't have to be that hard for the love of god you can have an option for like i just want to enjoy the game uh, that was my feeling on cuphead you jerks. Uh, and in closing, if you can't sleep at night, just take the screens off your windows and Susie will show up, yell at you, and smother you with a pillow. You wake <laughs> up well-rested every single time. That's terrifying. <laughs> that joke didn't go the way I wanted it to. Susie, thank you for being a fan and listening to every episode. And if you want to be a super fan, just let us know you like to listen. And we'll give you a shout-out that makes no sense every single week. Are you guys Woo! ready for the Hall of Fame? Oh, so indeed. My buddy, that devious little shit, won. Um, fucker. Still buried in a secret location till the end of time. And per the rules, because I won, I'll go first. You guys get to try to beat me with your toy picks. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Well, I already know I'm not going to beat anyone this week, but I, I'm standing by my pick. All right. Uh, I bet you Mike's got something up his sleeve because mine's kind of a, a mid, mid-level pick. I pick Super 7 Reaction, the worst, Commander Cortex. I mean, that's a pretty hard-to-beat figure. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. That's a pretty rad figure. But uh, uh, If I had to pick my favorite worst, it's him. Okay. Josh? Um, well, mine is definitely not going to beat this. Uh, but regardless, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by it for how ridiculous it is. Go for it. I am going to nominate the Playmates Dick Tracy Lips Manless figure. I'm voting for not, that. Not necessarily for the figure itself, but the, for the fact that he came with one of the best accessories in the concrete shoes. Well, yes, you could give your figures fucking concrete shoes and send them sleep to sleep with the fucking fish. Uh, I know one of our avid listeners will be voting for that because he is a completist on the Dick Tracy collection. And he loves those figures. Uh, I think a lot of people, does he have a blank? He doesn't have the blank, but he's got the other ones because you can still find them in package for like 10 bucks each. Yeah. Um, Except for the blank, which that's a pain in the ass to get. But, um, Blank ever see like an actual full release? Uh, no, Only it was, Canada. 
That's yeah, what Canadian I thought. Only. Yeah. Okay. I remember uh, being pissed about that as a kid because, like, every time I looked in the back of the package, I was like, I want the blank. God damn it. I, that's something that I'd love to go collect. But I bet you the blank is probably too much now. Oh, yeah. uh, I love those figures, too. The movie, not so much, but the figures are great. Um, See, I, I think the movie is absolutely ridiculous in, yeah. uh, in a really fun way. I'm, I'm with Josh on that. Like, it's, it's, it's dumb, but it's dumb fun. It's yeah, the, long. The yeah, montage was, was of, of when do we eat? When do we eat? When do we eat? <laughs> Yep. And it's just the montage of the kid eating. <laughs> uh, and what other what other family friendly movie can you have a crazy hobo beating kids? You know. Yeah, and Madonna's constant sexual innuendo. Exactly. It's hilarious. Um, Mike, what's your pick? Uh, well, I don't know how many of our listeners are going to go for this, but something that I loved as a kid, the 1977 Shogun Warriors Mazinga. God damn it. So you guys both have picks that I'm like. <laughs> this this is one of those toys that my brother got when, you know, when he was a kid and like it kind of kind of fell to me because he stopped playing with toys and i i loved this robot like oh my god the 18 inch or the die cast the big the 18 inch i think it was actually i think it was 24 inches if i'm remembering correctly um it was the the jumbo sized hollow plastic but had the missile launching hand had the little rocket ship in his head uh the the sword the whole deal like i loved that toy so much him and, and the shogun godzilla i used to battle it out with all the time um, I have a collection, a complete, almost complete collection of the diecast. I had a uh, bunch of those as a kid too. And my personal favorite is Grendizer, mm-hmm. uh, simply because he was the first one I found at a garage sale years ago. And I just fell in love with Shogun Warriors after that. I never had him as a kid. I knew yeah. people that did, but it was one of those things where I was like, uh, I'd rather play Star Wars, but they're, they're so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and the thing is, and, and and I still to this day love this is having the different scale for robots. So yes. like, you know, I would always have like the the Shogun Warriors, my Voltron, you know, some of the Transformers, just having these big figures stand over my three and three fourth inch figures. I loved having that scale difference. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it exists today because I'll buy the Black Series droids for Star Wars and have them with my three and three fourth inch figures. So. But yeah, so amazing. Uh, I'm probably saying that wrong, but <laughs> it, yeah, really the, cool. The blue guy um, with the big red check on his chest. I'm going to close with just a funny anecdote that I just read. I don't know if it's true or not, because there's a lot of just talk about this movie lately that doesn't seem to go anywhere. Apparently, there is going to be a Shaquille O'Neal as Kazam cameo in Shazam 2. <laughs> That's all. I I need to see Shazam um it is what it is i'm gonna send you guys a great tasteless meme that just popped up in my feed (laughs) oh man let's see this meme is it something i could share in the facebook group probably Oh yeah, that's maybe good. not, but that's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, this is Mike 
saying thank you once again to listening to Count Creepy Head and play with your toys. This is the Count saying to play with my prolapse penis like a swing set. Bleh. <laughs> uh, this is Mike reminding you, wear deodorant at conventions. Please, for the love of God, please. Yes. Okay, everybody. And this is Bye. Kermit the Frog reminding you that I am not gay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. creepy.com on the world wide web must i say it again did you not listen count creepy c o u n t k r e e p y ah